0: Good morning, everyone.
1: You're the love of my life. There's no one else above you. Died and rose again for me, who always cares. You're the one who's come and captured my heart. And drove away the fears in my life. Sitting at your feet is my place, hearing your word. You're the love of my life, who showed me what you love is through sacrifice. You're the love of my life, the one I always turn to to get advice. You're the one who's turned my whole world around and given me the strength to go on. To know you is to love only you and give up one's life. Want it to be like, oh, tell me, Lord, to be all you want. life. The one who knows me better than I know myself. You're the love of my life. Who drew this helpless sinner to himself. You're the one who gave me a purpose in life. And taught me how to love and to give. To love you is to know only. Take up one's cross Oh, you're the one I've always wanted to No one else above you, no one compares. All right, good morning. And uh, if you turn your
0: Bibles, please, to uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. I'll hang up guitar. I'll be right back. All right. Uh, good morning again, and uh, please turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter two, verse one, if you haven't done so already. And uh, you know, I'm looking at the uh, the, the video here, and uh, my I got it. I'm in front of these blinds here, and I got them closed, and it's still I'm getting that look on my face, like I'm white as a ghost. But uh, see right back here. That's not bad, you know. So I guess I'm too too much in, too close to the uh, the blinds here. So anyway sorry about that so I'm still trying to adjust you know some days the, the sun's out and I can't really check it at this time of the day so I don't know I'm always moving stuff around so I might have to move it back to where I had it but uh, I like it like this now so I don't know we'll have to figure out something about this. but anyways uh, good to have you with us and um, and uh, let me you know I'm just seeing maybe I can do something here with the with my uh, my fa- I think they should have done this before right Oh let's see. I don't know. There's not really much I can do. I think we'll just that we'll just leave it the way it is. You you got me as you I am as I am look I'm going to look like I look. (laughs) All right. So uh, today we're going to continue our study of Ephesians chapter two, in particular Ephesians 2:18, by noting the uh, the second. Point that Paul makes in this in this particular verse, uh, it's a three-hour study in verse 18 because of the content. So today we'll be looking at the the B part where it teaches us that the there's the access to the presence of the Father. In, we're going to talk about that in relation to the intermediate agency of Jesus Christ. So we're going to talk about that prepositional phrase uh, where it says in Ephesians 2:18, what is he in Him probably Yeah. through Him. So through Him in Ephesians 2:18, we're going to talk about what that's all about today. So. And this will constitute our hundred and twenty first hour uh, in uh, Ephesians. And uh, on third on sun on, on uh, coming this Saturday, which is we're actually observing the Lord's Supper that day, we'll be looking at this phrase, this prepositional phrase, "in one spirit," and that uh, what that's talking about. It's talking about the omnipotence of the Holy Spirit, as we'll see. And so uh, we'll see how these these things all fit together and what Paul's saying here. So we'll break it down. So uh, just. Uh, so that's what uh, we'll be doing here today. And uh, again, remember, we have the Lord's Supper this Saturday. We have it the first Saturday of each month here at Wenstrom Bible Ministries. And in um, our class schedule for those who might be new to the ministry is Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, we're located, Wenstrom Bible Ministries is located, I'm broadcasting from 603 O'Shaughnessy Avenue Northeast in Huntsville, Alabama, 35801. Uh, I'm also the pastor at Doctrinal Bible Church, which is a half mile down the road at 1215 Russell Street, Northeast, here in Huntsville. And uh, a beautiful church, and, and even better, uh, a great congregation. So if you're ever in the area, we're on, we, we teach there at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesdays and also Sundays. Uh, we have two sessions, two hour-long sessions. And uh, they, we start at 9.30, and there's a break between those sessions. And that break depends on how things go in the fellowship hall. So sometimes we, we might take like 20 minutes sometimes, but it's pretty cool laid back. And then uh, we also observe the Lord's Supper on the first Sunday of each month over there at Doctrine Bible Church. So um, just so you, and, and also we have several different websites. If you Google, Google me, um, you, can, uh, you can find them all. The, uh, the main one is wenstrom.org And uh, my good friend Titus Thompson, I taught him and his wife's home for about 10 years back in Iowa. Uh, from 2010 to 2019, but he does our website. He does a great job. I get a lot of compliments on that. So um, we have wentstrom.org. We have all my written articles are on that site. About over 100, over 700 are on our Academia EDU website. On the wentstrom.org site, we have over 1,700 written articles in PDF format. We have our exegesis and exposition in exhaustive detail. Uh, in our exposition session of our uh, section of our written library, we also have... Uh, the different doctrines of the Christian faith I've written on are broken out into different areas of systematic theology in our written library we also have uh, lessons for prep school teachers we also have uh, different personalities in the Bible we've studied in the past I've written on them Greek word studies and even some stuff on history and stuff so there's a lot on there also we all, all of our oh, YouTube recordings are up there um, we use YouTube streaming video uh, we've been on there since 2000, uh, doing that for since 2019 when I moved to Massachusetts. But I've been on YouTube, I have a YouTube page, just look me up at Bill Wenstrom, or Wenstrom Studies. you'll see that YouTube page. We have playlists for all the different doctor, doctrines and books that we've done in the past, and also, and this is true of on our wenstrom.org site, In our, um, uh, if you go to the music tab on our homepage, uh, we also have playlists of all the, the different collections of songs that I've written over the years. So I'm in the process, writing a new collection of songs last one I wrote was back in 2018 I usually do 14 songs so I'm actually uh, I have three done for the this next collection of songs and I'm also trying to get my stuff professionally recorded that all depends on uh, if the money comes in for that if I have a it's like $250 a song so uh, also uh, if you want to give to the ministry uh, there's a website at the website at the donate tab you can give through PayPal or you can give some uh, some people send me a check and to that address on the board, and for those on the podcast, that's you can make the check out to Winston Bible Ministries. It's tax deductible. We're a nonprofit. Uh, Six hundred three O'Shaughnessy Avenue, Northeast Huntsville, Alabama three five eight zero one. And and so that's about it for the announcements. And let's take a moment to sign the prayer. This is our custom. We take a moment to sign the prayer to examine ourselves to determine if we're in fellowship with God. Because any mental, verbal, or overt act of sin that we knowingly commit will cause us to lose fellowship with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But according to First John one nine. If we confess our sins to the Father, He, God, the Father, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. In other words, He purifies us from each and every wrongdoing. We maintain that fellowship by obeying the Spirit who speaks to us through the Scriptures which He's inspired. And that's when we're obeying the commands of Ephesians 5.18 to be filled with the Spirit in Colossians 3.16 to let the Word of Christ richly dwell in our souls. So if there's anything that's bothering you, disturbing and distracting, you do what 1 Peter 5.7 says? Cast all your anxieties upon the Lord because He cares for you. So with that in mind, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you've given to us, another day to study word. We thank you, Father, for this, uh, the blessings that you've uh, provided for us in the spiritual and temporal realm, our logistical grace blessings, food, shelter, and clothing, the essentials of life. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness to us on a day-by-day basis. I thank you for your faithfulness to me as an individual and also this ministry. And uh, I just thank you for all the, the trials and the tribulations, <laughs> especially over the last uh, uh, five years. And uh, I just thank you, Father, for uh, being faithful and carrying me in this ministry through. And I just pray you would use this ministry mightily to get your word out to your people and a lost and dying world. I thank you for those who have been supporting this ministry with their prayers, their attendance of the classes, and support of the ministry financially and serving in this ministry in various capacities through the years. And I just thank you for each and everyone and those who might be watching uh, this class at, at live or at a later date or through the recordings of the audio and our podcast and our various websites and podcasts that you've given to us. And thank you for them. And I just pray, Father, today that they, everybody in the audience that is your child of God here, through faith in your son, would get the necessary spiritual nourishment and help them by the Spirit to learn and understand and apply what they're being taught and to concentrate and please break down any barriers that sin and Satan might put up that would hinder that from happening. And I also pray for myself that you would empower me. Your word says, when we're weak, we're strong. Your power is manifested in our human weakness. And I just pray, Father, that the spirit would do a mighty work to me and bringing forth everything you want your people to hear this morning uh, and uh, so that they can receive the necessary spiritual nourishment. And I also pray for the, the, uh, the technology. Thank you for the technology, people taking advantage of it. Thank you for the streaming video by YouTube and that service that they provide and thank you for that and i pray it would function properly and i pray there were no problems with the recordings the video and the audio and upload these upload these things to our various websites podcasts the immediate platforms that you've given to us and so and i pray you would use them mightily again and uh and break down and, and protect them from the enemy as you've been doing and we pray for this service in our lord and savior jesus christ name the king of kings and the lord of lords amen all right uh so i think that that looks a little bit better i gotta another light behind me that's kind of offsetting the other one. So um, I'm just all, because the biggest thing with these, with the broadcast, with the video, it's like you're always trying to, um, you know, the contrast, trying to get the light right in the room, because I get these, I mean, I love this room, and this bed, it's like a bedroom I turn into an office, but uh, sometimes the light in this, because the window, so it's hard to, uh, even if you have blinds there, you still get a lot of light, in the room, in, on the you know, on the video, so I should probably, I should probably sort of monkey around with it. So I'm actually much better in, better looking in person than I do on look on the video <laughs> on the video. And you're saying that's not saying much. <laughs> I know that's my family would be saying that, anyways. So a uh, hey, bald is beautiful, baby. And uh, anyway, so I'd like to get around. For those of you who know me, and uh, so let's uh, we're going to uh, continue our study of Ephesians 2:18 in the B part. We're going to be noting the intermediate agency of Jesus Christ in relation to our access to the presence of the Father. Uh, so, um, in this section of Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 11 through 22, Paul's talking about the new humanity that's composed of both Jewish and Gentile Church Age believers. And uh, when we get to chapter 3, verse 6, uh, it was a mystery that, uh, as we'll see, that Gentile believers in the church age and, and along would, would be uh, co-heirs, co-members of the body of Christ and co-partakers of the Messianic promise uh, with Jewish believers through faith alone in Jesus Christ alone and the baptism of the Spirit at our justification. So this new humanity is composed of both Jew and Gentile. It's the members of the body of Christ, the future bride of Christ, Paul says in Ephesians 5. And so we are a unique people. We are the new creation. And uh, also, along with Jesus Christ, as we've been pointing out, during his millennial reign, uh, and he'll establish this at his second advent, the church, along with Jesus Christ, is going to reign over this earth for a thousand years and on into eternity. And so that's, this is who you need to define you, yourself by. You are a child of God. You're creating the image of God. You're a child of God. You're also in union with Christ. And you are seated at the right hand of the Father. And you're going to reign over this earth for a thousand years. And if you're an overcomer, faithful in this life, and uh, and you will receive rewards on top of the resurrection body, and a great inheritance, and you'll be uh, be made uh, 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 put, have be placed in positions of authority during the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. Everybody in the church gets in, of course, but they're only the overcomers are the ones that uh, have positions of authority in Christ's government as rewards for faithful service in time. And so, a fantastic study. So it's uh, we see that the like as was the case at the beginning of the chapter in Ephesians chapter two, verses one through three, in Ephesians two, twelve, uh, Paul points out, uh, describes the pre-justification or pre-conversion state of these Gentile Christians, who according to F- Paul in Ephesians two eleven, are the recipients of this epistle, and they were the various Christians in the various cities and uh, towns. In the Roman province of Asia, this is a circular letter, as we pointed out. It was not just intended for the uh, Christian community in Ephesus. And so we have, uh, you know, Paul uh, describes the pre-justification state in verses 1 through 3 of the Christians uh, that he's writing to. And he's, and this was true of the Jewish believers. They were enslaved, enslaved to sin and Satan in this cosmic system, the three great enemies of the human race and the church. And then... In verse uh, 12, Paul describes that pre-conversion, pre-justification state uh, be, uh, of these Gentile Christians uh, and by uh, describing them as uh, having no, uh, being far from God in the sense that they didn't, they were not involved in a covenant relationship with God like the Jewish people were. The Jewish people are described as being near to God. The Gentiles are not. And uh, we saw that the, the, through the uh the crucifixion and death and burial of Christ and the resurrection and session of Christ, the the church, uh, the um, the Jewish believers and the Gentile believers have been brought near to God and each other, okay? So the law, as Paul has been pointing out to us, which was a sur- source of hostility between uh, the Jewish and Gentile Christian communities, uh, one was because the dietary regulations uh, um, hindered uh, Jews from having uh, fellowship and eating uh, meals with the Gentiles because of the dietary regulations, but also because there was an animosity between the two because of the law, because uh, the Jewish, many of the Jews thought themselves better than the Gentiles simply because God had given the Jewish people the law. And, uh, and so that was incorrect, as we pointed out. And so uh, we see that, uh, um, that uh, these um, uh, Gentile Christians, Uh, and and Paul lutes this in Romans 11, uh, 16, and 17, where he talks about the Gentiles being wild olive branch, and they are engrafted in contrary to nature to the olive tree, which speaks of regenerate Israel. And the branches on that tree are the the regenerate Jews. Those branches not on the, the olive tree are the unregenerate Jews. And so we Gentiles, contrary to nature, emphasizing the supernatural nature of this union between Jewish and Gentile Christians. And now, in other words, Paul's saying that we're on equal footing, us Gentiles are on equal footing with the Jewish people, which which was not the case during the age of the law, and uh, the first advent of Christ, for that matter. So, uh, fascinating passage. So, we're going to, uh, again, see, discuss the access that both groups, uh, Jew and Gentile, Christian, uh, uh, church-age believers, we all have access to the presence of the Father because of our faith in Christ, the justification, and our union identification with Him through the baptism of the Spirit, which also took place at our justification and to and now today we'll be looking at it in our 121st hour in Ephesians that access to the presence of the father in relation to the intermediate agency of Jesus Christ and we'll be looking at that prepositional phrase through himself or through him that we see in Ephesians 2:18 in your bible so uh, let's look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 All right, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, and we'll be reading from the Bible. And it says in Ephesians 2, 1, it says, And although you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you formerly lived according to this world's present path, according to the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the ruler of the spirit that is now energizing the sons of disobedience, among whom all of us also formerly lived out our lives in the cravings of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath even as the rest. But, God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even though we were dead in transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you were saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus to demonstrate in the coming ages the surpassing wealth of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you were saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not from works so that no one can boast. For we are His workmanship, having been created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand so we may do them. Therefore, remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision that is performed on the body by human hands, that you were at that time without the Messiah, alienated from the citizenship of Israel, strangers to the covenants of providence, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who used to be far away, Have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, the one who made both groups into one and who destroyed the middle wall of petition, the hostility, when he nullified in his flesh the law of commandments in decrees. He did this to create in himself one new man out of two, thus making peace, and to reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross by which the hostility has been killed. And he came and he preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near, so that through him, We both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer foreigners and non-citizens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household because you've been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole building, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you are also being built together into a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So, Uh, we see there that uh, this uh, particular passage is, uh, this chapter is is, uh, 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 a passage which talks about, in particular Ephesians 2, 11 through 22, the unity now that we have uh, in the body of Christ between Jewish and Gentile Christian communities where the Gentile Christians are on equal footing with the Jewish believers. Now this is important because the, the whole basis or the purpose of this letter is overall is that the unity, Paul was concerned that the unity would continue to exist experientially between the Jewish and Gentile Christian communities. And we see that through the baptism of the spirit of justification, uh, there's that unity positionally between the two races. And in a perfective sense, there'll be unity in in a perfective sense when we're all in a resurrection body. But in the meantime, uh, we can lose this uh, unity experientially between the Jewish and Gentile Christian communities if we don't practice the command to love one another, John thirteen thirty four and John fifteen twelve, and all that involves in that obeying that command, and that will maintain the unity of the Spirit, and uh, that would with uh, the Spirit brought together at our justification, and uh, what it'll do for us, in giving us a resurrection body at the rapture, the resurrection of the church, which is imminent. So let's read my translation now, of chapter two, those same verses before we embark upon a study of um, uh, uh, verse uh, 18 and continue our study of verse 18. So so I'm reading again from my uh, translation and the whole chapter. It says now of chapter 2 of Ephesians. Now correspondingly, even though each and every one of you is a corporate unit, we're spiritually dead ones because of your transgressions. In other words, because of your sins. Each and every one of you formerly lived by means of these in agreement with the standard of the unregenerate people of this age which is the production of the cosmic world system, in agreement with the standard of the sovereign ruler, namely the sovereign governmental authority ruling over the evil spirits residing in the earth's atmosphere. Specifically, the spirit is presently working in the lives of those members of the human race who are characterized by disobedience, among whom each and every one of us also, formally for our own selfish benefit, conduct in our lives by means of those lusts which are produced by our flesh, specifically by indulging those inclinations, which are produced by our flesh. In other words, those impulses, which are the product of our flesh. Consequently, each and every one of us caused ourselves to be children who are objects of wrath because of our natural condition from physical birth, just as the rest correspondingly, caused themselves to be children who are objects of wrath because of their natural condition from physical birth. But because God is rich with regards to mercy, because of the exercise of His great love with which He loved each and every one of us, even though each and every one of us is a corporate unit with spiritually dead ones because of our transgressions, He caused each and every one of us to be made alive together with the one and only Christ. Each and every one of you as a corporate unit are saved because of grace. Specifically, He caused each and every one of us as a corporate unit to be raised with Him. Correspondingly, He caused each and every one of us as a corporate unit to be seated in the heavenlies because of our faith in and union and identification with Christ Jesus. He did this so that He could display for his own glory, during the ages which are certain to come, the incomparable wealth, which is the product of his grace, because of kindness, for the benefit of each and every one of us, because of our faith in, and union and identification with Christ Jesus. Each and every one of you, Gentiles, as a corporate unit are saved because of grace by means of faith. In other words, this salvation never originated from any one of you as a source. It originated as the gift from God. It does not originate from meritorious actions as a source, so that a person cannot, for their own benefit, enter into the state of boasting. For each and every one of us are his creative workmanship. For each one of us have been created by means of our faith in and union identification with Christ Jesus in order to produce actions which are divine good. These God prepared in advance so that each of us would conduct our lives by means of them. Therefore, each and every one of you as a corporate unit must continue to make it your habit of remembering that formerly each of you Gentiles who belong to the Gentile race with respect to the human body, specifically those who received the designation uncircumcision by those who received the designation circumcision with respect to the human body performed by human hands, each one of you used to be characterized as without a relationship with Christ. Each one of you used to be alienated from the nation of Israel's citizenship. Specifically, each of you used to be strangers to the most important promise, which is the product of the covenants, the messianic promise. Each of you used to not possess a confident expectation of blessing, resurrection body, rewards for faithful service. Consequently, each one of you used to be without a relationship with God in the sphere of the cosmic world system. However, because of your faith in and union identification with Christ Jesus, using the figure of metonymy, where the person of Christ is put for uh, faith in him at justification and union identification with him. So he says, because of your faith in, and union and identification with Christ Jesus, each one of you, as a corporate unit, who formerly were far away, have now been brought near by the means of the blood belonging to this same Christ. For he himself personifies our peace, namely, by causing both groups to be one, specifically by destroying the wall which served as the barrier, that is, that which caused the hostility, and that's between the two races and the two races with God. In other words, by nullifying, by means of his human nature, the law, Composed of the commandments, consisting of a written code of laws, in order that he might cause the two to be created into one new humanity. And the means by which he did this, and again contains the figure of autonomy, this prepositional phrase, by means of faith in himself at justification and union and identification with himself through the baptism of the Spirit of justification, that is how the new humanity came about, the means. Then he says, thus, finishing off verse 15, thus he caused peace to be established, and that's between the two races with each other and the two races with God. Verse 16, In other words, in order that he would reconcile both groups into one body to God through the cross, consequently he put to death the hostility that existed between the two races with each other and the two races with God. And again, the means by which he did this were by means of faith in himself a justification and union and identification with himself through the baptism of the Spirit. Correspondingly, verse 17, he, as a result, came proclaiming peace for the benefit of each and every one of you, namely those who were far off, likewise peace to those who were near. Consequently, through the personal intermediate agency of himself, each and every one of us as a corporate unit, namely both groups are experiencing access by means of the omnipotence of the one spirit to the presence of the Father. Indeed, therefore, each and every one of you as a corporate unit are no longer foreigners to the covenants of promise, that is, foreign citizens, but rather each one of you as a corporate unit are fellow citizens with the saints that is members of God's household. Why? Well, because each and every one of you as a corporate unit have been built upon the foundation, which is the communication of the gospel to each one of you by the apostles as well as prophets. Simultaneously, he himself, namely Christ Jesus, is the cornerstone on the basis of its being continually fitted inextricably together by means of justification by faith and union identification with him the whole building is growing into a holy temple by appropriating, by faith, union and identification with the Lord. In other words, by appropriating, by faith, your union and identification with Him, all of you, without exception, are being built together into God's dwelling place by means of the omnipotence of the Spirit. So, this verse we're working on, verse 18, so that through Him we both have access in one Spirit to the Father. Uh, My translation Of that particular verse again consequently through the personal intermediate agency of himself each and every one of us as a corporate unit both Jewish and Gentile Christians namely both groups are experiencing access by means of the omnipotence of the one spirit to the presence of the Father and that's of course related to uh, the fact that we have access to the Father in prayer 24 7 and also an eternal relationship and a fellowship with the triune God pretty fantastic so Well, As we pointed out in previous class, Ephesians 2.18 is actually a Hodi result clause, not causal as we pointed out. And the reason why this is is because the contents of verse 18 present the result of the declarative statement we saw in verse 17. Now the statement which this conjunction Hodi introduces asserts that through the intermediate agency of Jesus Christ himself, both Jewish and Gentile Christians... Experienced by means of the omnipotence of the one Spirit, uh, uh, the uh, to the present access to the presence of the Father. Again, verse 18, which is introduced by the conjunction "hoti," asserts that through the intermediate agency of Jesus Christ Himself, both Jewish and Gentile Christians experience by means of the omnipotence of the one Spirit access to the presence of God the Father. Specifically, it asserts that through Jesus Christ crucifixion, death, burial, resurrection, and session of the right hand of the Father, both Jewish and Gentile Christians are presently experiencing access to the presence of the Father by, me, by means of the omnipotence of the One Spirit. So therefore, as we pointed out in our last class, uh, a comparison of these two statements, the one in verse 17 and the one in verse 18, indicates that Jesus Christ, through His Spirit-powered communicators of the Gospel, came and proclaimed peace for the benefit of Jewish and Gentile church-age believers. With the result that, quote unquote, through Jesus Christ's crucifixion, death, burial, resurrection, and session at the Father's right hand, both Jewish and Gentile Church Age believers are presently experiencing access by means of the omnipotence of the One Spirit to the presence of God the Father. Now, the word experience—I uh, believe the with the Net Bible they translated as we pointed out in the last class—we have. I translated experience. My translation again. Uh, it's I have uh, each and every one of us as a corporate unit. Uh, well, actually, um, we, I it "are experiencing." Okay, that this verb "echo," which is again means to, in this context, to experience, and it means to experience a state or condition, indicating that through the personal intermediate agency of Jesus Christ, both Jewish and Gentile Christians are experiencing access uh, to the Father by means of the omnipotence of the One Spirit, and the referent. Of the the first person plural form which is translated we in your bibles it's uh referring to uh paul himself and the recipients of this epistle uh rep- and he rep- and paul rep- representing the jewish christian community so thus this uh first person plural it rep- when it speaks of we it means both we jewish and gentile christian communities and paul is identifying of course he's the representative of in this letter to the of the Jewish Christian community in relation to the Gentile Christian community which he's writing to. And so when he says we in this letter, as we pointed out and, or us, he means we us Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians. And when he speaks of you in the letter he speak which actually means all of you or each and every one of you as a corporate unit. He's speaking of the Gentile Christian community. Okay? See so that we we pointed that out in great detail what why that is. So, as was the case in Ephesians 2, 14, and verse 16. Are the, the articular, nominative, masculine, plural form of the adjective, photoroi, um, here in Ephesians 2:18 means both groups, photoroi. Um, and uh, it uh, means both groups, and, and in each of these verses, verses 14, 16, and now 18, the reference are both Jewish and Gentile Christian communities. And the word for access, as we pointed out in last class, was prosagoge. Here in verse 18, it also appears uh, in two other places in the Greek New Testament, only two others, Romans 5.2 and and Ephesians 3.12, a verse I just finished off the other day. So this word, "prosagoge" access, it means to lead someone into the presence of another with the assistance of another and with the implication that the person doing the receiving is of higher status. And in each instance, the word denotes access to the presence of the Father. So in these passages, Ephesians 2.18, 3.12, and Romans 5.2, in each of these passages, the word prosagoge access, is used in relation to God the Father. Thus the word denotes the sinner being led into the presence of the Father with help. And the help is through the intermediate agency of the Lord Jesus Christ in order to experience an eternal relationship and fellowship with the Father. Now the noun prosagoge access, uh, it indicates that because Jewish and Gentile church-age believers have permanent access to His presence in the sense that they always possess an eternal relationship with the Father. And thus, the Word also indicates the continuing availability of this access to the presence of the Father. Or in other words, it indicates the continued availability of approaching the Father for fellowship. This is the most important blessing that you and I ever received as Christians at our justification. You and I are, uh, you and I are so blessed because we can go to God at any time, 24-7. Okay? And you might take that for granted and that's sad. You shouldn't. Uh, we value it and, you know, everybody wants human, human relationships are very important. Okay? We, you know, we're a social beings. God create, is, you know, created us that way and we're in the image of God and God is a in his being, he, he's a, a a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three persons in, in, the, in the being of God. And so we're relational characters. You know, God himself as a being, uh, we know he is more than one person in the trinity because he loves, okay? And that's a relational term, okay? So in the trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they have an eternal relationship with each other and fellowship with each other. We were entered into, us Jewish and Gentile church-age believers were entered into that fellowship and relationship with the triune God. And so, yes, you know, God, you know, there's there's the blessing of marriage, there's the blessings of friendship. And uh, quite frankly, uh, what I see in America, and it's infected the church, is there's actually idolatry going on in the church because there's, you know, we're emphasizing relationships way too much in our country. So much so that, Human relationships uh, are put above our relationship with God, and I see that going on that type of form of idolatry going on in America. I mean, let's face it, in America, you know, if you're not if you're not married, uh, you know, even today, you're considered there's something wrong with you. You know, if you're a guy, he's probably, he's probably gay or she, he's probably gay or something like that, or something's not quite right with that guy. I, I'll agree, there's not something quite right with me, yes, and, and but I'm no different than you. <laughs> you're just as whacked out as I am. And don't think you're not, and I, you know, vice versa. So it's like, you know, so just because some, you know, you know, some people, I think, uh, if you're not in a relationship, there's something wrong with you, okay? Or you're single. Uh, there may be nothing wrong with you at all, if you're, you know, if, if that's what God wants. So, you know, but yes, we need to have relationships with people and interaction. Remember, as a body of Christ, we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves as a habit of some. So, you know, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. So members of the body of Christ, we need each other, okay? And, uh, but the most important, my emphasis here is, the most important thing that we ever got was the access to the presence of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's a continuing availability. And it started at our moment of justification and it will never end. Now, we, when we sin, we cut off that, not the uh, We're in the presence of the Father, but we cut off the fellowship that is ours with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's for we, the importance of confessing our sins to the Father in order to be restored to fellowship with God. But you need to maintain that fellowship by obeying the Spirit who speaks to us through the Scriptures which He's inspired. And as we always say before every opening prayer, that's when we're filled with the Spirit, being influenced by the Holy Spirit and uh, as He teaches us in the Scriptures. And also letting the word of Christ richly dwell on our soul. So we're uh, so we have this blessed. The greatest blessing we ever could have is having God be able to, uh, you know, at any time be available to us, and uh, for us to list, listen to Him as He teaches us in the Word, and us to talk to Him. You know, um, one of the, the when I was in Massachusetts, and and then this happened in Iowa. At times, there are times there are things there are things that you go through as a Christian that other believers really can't help you sometimes or identify you with identify with what you're going through and uh for whatever reason or, you, or at some point you might be isolated from the body of Christ a bit okay like for instance when i moved to massachusetts from iowa i basically unless i went to jim Ricard's church in plainville uh i didn't really have much interaction with believers i mean it's not like my family is as as you know positive volition believers that believers that study the word of god my brother Chris is a believer, my mother was, my um, you know my sister, but you know there's you, Kenny, but the I wasn't it wasn't exactly like going to church when I was around them, okay? They just like very worldly that sense, okay? And so it got really lonely. It was really lonely, and then I had people that I talked to on the phone that really helped me and uh, with fellowship and everything, and just you know, interacting with people in the body of Christ. And that's why when I came to uh, to uh, Huntsville. And had this church load of people who, who were serious about the the word of God It was a tremendous blessing for me. But I tell you right now, uh, I never was ever alone. I always have to remind myself, even in the the worst crisis, you know, the tri- the church splits I've been through, or in Massachusetts with the whole problem with my dealing with my mother and the dementia, and then losing Tyler and other friends to suicide, and uh, and losing, you know, uh, you know, just having to. Um, start over again in Massachusetts, and they didn't. Then COVID hit. It was really, really lonely. Okay, and but I had my Heavenly Father, and I had I was like everything I always did for years. I didn't stop doing. So I was, d- d- despite that crisis, th- those those crises, I-, I always had my fallback was always Heavenly, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I know they were they were always there for me, twenty four seven. So I'm never alone. He'll never leave us or forsake us. In fact, when Hebrews thirteen eight talks about that, it's, it's, it's more emphatic. He'll never, ever, ever, ever leave, leave you or forsake you. It's so emphatic, it's crazy. So, and he wants you to know that. And uh, so, because we're gonna go through trials and tribulations, people. And sometimes you're gonna feel isolated and lonely, but you really are not, okay? Um, everything starts off the way you think. You know, everything in life is perspective. And as a christian your perspective is what the perspective that god has of you and life and you get that from what the spirit teaches us in the word of god so it's important that when we go through different crises that we talk ourselves through problems like you know how we like to help other christians when they're going through things but why is it that we forget to give ourselves we often forget to give advice to ourselves so that's what biblical meditation really is it's giving yourself talking yourself out of depression uh, different trials and tribulations that you go through, trying to talk yourself out of, you know, feeling sorry for yourself, self-pity, self-absorption, um, you know, uh, being uh, feeling despair, talking yourself talking yourself out of those things by giving yourself godly advice that you learn in God's word. That's biblical meditation, and uh, and uh, you know, looking at these things as you know, God's there with us. You know, He's 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 never gonna leave us or forsake us. This is a great there's a great poem a great thing I was reading today and I think I'll, I'll, I'll let you uh, I'll read it for you let's see where is it Was uh, yeah here it is um, let me see where is it uh, there's a great quote I, I, was it yesterday or the other thing I sent it out to people and uh, you think I can find it where is it oh it was experiencing God I think it is uh, let me see just bear with me while I try to find it. Yeah, Black V. I I think it was this. And I was reading it the other day, and uh, it might have been today or yesterday. I can't remember which. Every, every day runs into the other. Let's see. Friendly Planet, no, it wasn't that one. Life Season, no, it wasn't that one. Maybe it was this one. And maybe it was today. Uh, let me see. Let me just look over it real quick. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember what day it was. They all running it together. Anyways, the great. It was a great uh, thing in the streams of the desert. They were talking about that. So you got. You know. So here's, a, here's another thing. So when you're in those points, those areas, that's when you really can experience God and really get an experiential experiential uh, experience with God. You know, getting uh, experiencing His presence. So that's when you can really cultivate it in those times of adversity because that makes you stronger you know because let's face it people unless we're the rapture generation we're going to have to go through a physical death so we, he's really trying to really prepare us for the greatest adversity that we're going to face physical death and then our everything will be challenged at that time and that he basically worked got you to that moment you know but you know you want to be um, take advantage of those times of being alone with God. You know, cuz I really appreciate being alone. I always love being alone with God. Uh and I love being around people and around the body of Christ. I'm a people person, but I do like my alone time with God. And that's why, you know, I I love, you know, as a pastor, you you're, there's a lot of lonely times. You're you're in the word of God, you're praying and uh you know, you, you so you you spend a lot of time studying and alone in prayer and study of the word of God. So uh, you have to learn to be uh, live alone and to be deal with being uh, alone, you know, because it's it's going to happen, you know. So, what you do is is you, is you cultivate that time, you know, you enjoy that time, and uh, once you pass through things, you'll say you really value your relationship with God, and having the continued access to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and prayer, and in the Word of God. You know, God will talk to you and I any time uh we want to be we, he wants he, he'll talk to us all day long if you want one he talks to us through his word by the spirit but he also talks through circumstances you know circumstances can uh god controls circumstances he can do certain circumstances can kind of cue you in on what god's about to do like before i left iowa and the, this like i'm leading up to it i knew i was about to leave I knew I was going to leave. I didn't know how it was going to happen. I was going to go down. I had no idea. But I know he was preparing me. There were things going on. Then I said, well, you know, uh, it's going to be, a ma- it's, it's not too long from now that I'm going to be going. So I, certain circumstances took place. And I was like, oh, that's a little sign from God that get ready. And sure enough, it was. I mean, I've been down this road before, you know. And uh, so, you know, these providential circumstances, but also godly people uh, filled with the Spirit, giving you godly advice or talking to you or you have a conversation with them. And, uh, you know, like, for instance, I was talking to this uh, young woman and her mother were in, and she was like, and we got to talk, she found out I was a pastor and she was a Christian. And she says, now I know why I, I, I'm here tonight because uh, it was because he meeting you. I was <laughs> like, probably, you know, that's probably the reason why. In fact, I'll tell you right now, it is the reason why, you know, you ran into me and I ran into you. God's trying to, so then, you know, that's way God talks, you know, talks to us. So he talks to us. And we can talk to him and, you know, take advantage of that access to your heavenly father. I mean, he's, be- you know, I mean, he's, he's, and he's better than any husband, wife, you know, it's great to have a husband and wife to talk to and, if, and or, you know, uh, a friend, a buddy. We all have those friends and buddies that we like to talk to. We can bounce stuff off. But you know what I've learned? It's, it's, uh, I can actually go at it and really expose, uh, bear my soul to God. More than, you know, than, more than, you know, dumping it on somebody else. You know, like sometimes I, you know, I, 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 I don't always tell people who, everything about me or my, how I really feel all the time. Cause I, you know, a lot of times it's, I don't want to burden them or overwhelm them with something I'm dealing with. That might be a little bit too much for them. You know, so I learned to go to God. You know, so and just and dump it all on him and tell him how I feel. Talk, I, I mean, I you walk, you took had a video of me in the house, you know, and uh, or <laughs> walking around or you know, downtown. I'll you know, take a walk after and uh, I'm talking to you know, people say he, he must be one of those crazy people, like he's talking to himself. I like to talk out loud to God in the house because I'm I'm alone, nobody here, you know, and uh, that was really difficult when I had to live with my parents and uh, because I was used to walking around my house talking to myself and yelling and. Being funny or whatever, all kinds of stuff, and so I missed that. But then when I got back here, when I got my own place in, in Huntsville, I was like, "It's nice to get back to some semblance of normality," you know. So, anyways, this word prosagoge access that we see in Ephesians two eighteen, it means access, not simply entrance, because the word access in English accurately reflects the meaning of this word. Because it denotes this word prosagoge access, it denotes not only entrance. the presence of the father but also the continuing availability of that access to the presence of the father so the english word access denotes the ability or permission to approach enter speak with or use admittance and is the state or quality of being approachable so if we paraphrase that definition we could say that the church age believer both jew and gentile slave or free male or female has the ability and permission to approach the Father and enter His presence in order to speak with Him in prayer, to, to the personal intermediate agency of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let the, here's a great passage. We all you're probably already thinking about what that passage I was going to go to. Hebrews, go to Hebrews chapter four, and let's start at uh, great passage. Uh, go to verse fourteen. Hebrews four fourteen. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest, Jesus Christ, who has passed through the heavens, the earth's atmosphere, the stellar universe, and into the throne room of God, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. You do that by uh, obeying God's word. For we do not have a high priest incapable of sympathizing with our weaknesses, but one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin, the impeccability of Christ. Therefore, let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace whenever we need help. That throne of grace used to be, remember you studied the, the doctrine of propitiation with me uh, when I was in Massachusetts? The, the, the throne of grace used to be a throne of judgment for us sinners. And uh, when Christ died on the cross, the he propitiated... Uh, the wrath, of, uh, the holiness of God, which demanded that sin and sinners be judged. He couldn't sweep our sins under the rug. So Jesus Christ suffered the wrath of God. And by doing so, he suffered the consequences for our sins. Everybody in the human race, past, present, and future. So the sin issue, which was hindering us having a relationship and a fellowship with the Holy God, was nailed to a cross. And uh, so the father was satisfied with his son's suffering as the payment for our sins. So sin's not keeping us from God now. It's what our attitude toward Jesus Christ. Do we believe in him as our Savior? And for you, if you're a believer, uh, you're living in sin is going to hinder you from experiencing that which is already yours uh, uh, now, which is access, permanent access, 24-7, access to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So Christ, uh, uh, suffering the wrath of God on the cross for us, opened the way for us sinners to approach a holy God. So that's why now it's a throne of grace. beautiful, beautiful passage. So he says, therefore, let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace whenever we need help. And may I say something, you know, this might be for people who haven't been Christians very long. You know, you're not going to surprise God with anything, Okay. Might as well some people I think they don't confess certain sins to God because they are so ashamed. As if God didn't know you were going to commit that before you were even born. Of <laughs> course he does. He's omni omni omniscient. He knows all these things. He knows about us. He knows us better than ourselves, as I said in the song. You know, he knows you better than you know yourself. And uh, better than your husband or your wife could ever know you. So you get, you know, you got, you know, you're transparent to God. You might as well be transparent to God when you're talking to him. So just tell him how you feel, you know, tell him what's bothering you, how you feel, what's, what's, what, you know, you complain to him about certain things, you know, like, okay, why is it, you know, ask him questions. Look at the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk's wondering what God's doing about his people. And uh, he complains about that. And he complains about the Babylonians and God gives him an answer, you know? So, you know, if you, funny thing, when you go to God in prayer, I found this, uh, the more you learn God's word, there are many things I don't even bother asking God about, because I already, he's already gave me the answer through his the study of his word the spirit is giving me the answer so I might say something and I go oh I don't know the answer to that okay well I won't ask that question anymore or you know or complain about something I, I stopped complaining about that because now I learned that you know that, that whatever you're dealing with God's doing it for your own blessing so you can learn more about him personally and have uh, an experiential knowledge of him meaning having a, a personal encounter with the triune God and being affected by that encounter. Remember, remember Moses when he went up to be alone with the Lord, what forty days and forty nights, and he came back and his face was glowing. He had to put a, a, a veil over his face because of it. Well, you know, Paul talks about that in the Second Corinthians, I believe it's Second Corinthians. And but we have something greater. So when we are in the presence of the God of God, a lot we keep short accounts with God. We're impre- we we spend more time in fellowship with Him than not at uh, His being in His presence like that is going to rub off in our character. Okay, and it's better than our face glowing. Your, hey, your your face might glow, you know. Uh, you, you might be, you know, there. You know, you know, the, you know, you might have a such peace that it shows on your face. You know, you can tell when people go through things. and you probably can tell with me, is that uh, you know, is my facial expressions. You know, so uh, so being in the presence of God in fellowship, and on a consistent basis, it's going to rub off on your thinking and also your character. So let's go back to Ephesians chapter two, verse eighteen. Now, if you look at Ephesians two eighteen in your in the NET Bible, so that through him we have both have access in one spirit to the Father. See this phrase, "through him." Let's look at that and uh, and in detail. But uh, my translation of that prepositional phrase, as I pointed out to you before. Uh, I translate it through the personal intermediate agency of himself. Okay, that's how I translate it. That's more interpretive, but that's through him is actually what it's it's set, referring to. So uh, this word himself or him, it's the word autos. It's an intensive personal pronoun, and the referent, of course, is Jesus Christ. Now this word is the prep is the object of the preposition, and I didn't put the word object in my notes there. Sorry about that. <laughs> this this word. Uh, autos is the object of the preposition dia, which functions as a marker of agency. Thus, the reason why I translate it the way I do. And that indicates that Jesus Christ is the personal, intermediate agency through whom both Jewish and Gentile Christians experience access by means of the omnipotence of the One Spirit into the presence of the Father. So, therefore, this prepositional phrase, dia autu, through himself, is the way I translate it, or through him, as the Net Bible says, indicates that both Jewish and Gentile Christians experience access by means of the omnipotence of the One Spirit into the presence of the Father through the personal intermediate agency of Jesus Christ Himself. And this interpretation of mine is supported by the fact that the Scriptures teach that Jesus Christ's crucifixion, death, burial, resurrection, session of the right hand of the Father brought both Jewish and Gentile Christians into the presence of the Father. And that's indicated by the fact that when the Father declared them justified through faith in His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Simultaneously, the omnipotence of the Spirit united them with Jesus Christ and placed them under His headship. Also, at their justification, the omnipotence of the Spirit identified them with Jesus Christ and His crucifixion, death, burial, resurrection, and session at the right hand of the Father. That's called the baptism of the Spirit. And look at Colossians 2 and 3 for that. And Romans 6 is the big chapters. Thus, both Jewish and Gentile Christians were brought into the presence of the Father, because of both the work of the Son and the Spirit. Jesus Christ, crucifixion, death, burial, resurrection, and session at the right hand of the Father, brought regenerate, born-again, church-age believers into the presence of the Father, because He, Jesus, is the intermediary between a holy God and sinners. 1 Timothy 2.5, there is one God and one mediator between God and humanity, Christ Jesus Himself, human. Now, the church-age believers, faith in Jesus Christ, resulting in the Father, declaring them justified, simultaneously appropriated the omnipotence of the Holy Spirit. And we'll be talking about that on Saturday. And that brought them into the presence of the Father. The Spirit did this by placing them under Jesus Christ's headship and uniting them with Him and identifying them with Jesus Christ in those events in His life that provided us our so great salvation and sanctification, namely His crucifixion, death, burial, resurrection, session at the right hand of the Father. So therefore, as we close, Jesus Christ is the personal intermediate agency who enables both Jewish and Gentile church-age believers, you and I, to experience access to the presence of God the Father. Why? Because when He declared us justified through faith in His Son, the omnipotence of the Holy Spirit appropriated for us the benefits of Jesus Christ's crucifixion, death, burial, resurrection, and session at the right hand of the Father. So, When you lay your head on the pillow today or when you take a little walk today or you get a little time alone with God, hopefully you make time. Thank Him for that. Thank Him for the great relationship, eternal relationship and fellowship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank the Father for that. Thank the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And again, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thank you so much for what you did for us church-age believers and myself and giving us this access uh, into your presence and to be able to talk to you 24-7, listen to you, Teach us about life and what to do and what you want us to do in life. And uh, so it's just a fantastic blessing that the Father has given to us. So thank you for joining us. We'll pick this up Saturday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, Lord willing, and we'll be observing the Lord's Supper at that time as well. So let's close in prayer. Thank you for joining me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to study your word and we thank you for this great passage in Ephesians. Ephesians 2.18. I just pray, Father, that this lesson be a blessing to your people and help them in their walk with you and so that they might have an experiential knowledge of you, your son, and the Holy Spirit, in the sense of personally encountering you, through the process of fellowship, obedience to your word, and being affected by that encounter, and that we get more of the character of your son and more practical wisdom to live our lives in a fashion that pleases you. And our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen.